You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again, not to the Packernet podcast. That's not it. That's the other thing. This is the other thing. The other other thing. This is Packernet After Dark. Welcome. And I thought today we'd mix it up a little bit. Maybe today we'll take some phone calls because sometimes I likes to get a little freaky with it. You know what I mean? Mix it up. Get a little crazy. Also, new rule, new callers go first, right to the front of the line. So let's do that. Let's get to the new callers. Hey, this is Eric, longtime listener hey. and overall fan. Uh, so I just saw that Bakhtiari is going to be back to practice. Yes, sir. So with that, what's our ideal starting uh, offensive line look like and who's going to back up each position? I think it's time to really see what that depth is going to look like. Yeah, so we're kind of picking up where we left off yesterday, and he called yesterday, so it's not his fault. By the way, i got to put Eric in here. Saved forever, you are Eric. Actually, the second Eric, but the other one is Eric from Toledo. You're just Eric. So what do we know, I guess? Because I've answered this a few times, but let's kind of, let's nail it down. We know 100,000% David Bakhtiari's left tackle, right? Because I'm assuming that's the, the substance of your question, not... Week one, it's just at full strength, what is the offensive line? We know 1,000% David Bakhtiari is a left tackle. We know 1,000% Josh Myers is the center. We know about 95% John Runyon's the left guard. After that, it gets a tad dicey. Elton Jenkins is probably the right tackle, but we know he can play anywhere else. Royce Newman is probably the right guard, but he can also play right guard or right tackle. The two other guys to consider... Zach Tom and Jake Hansen. Now, why would we consider Jake Hansen? Well, let's, a couple things. And I, I, I don't want to cast aside Royce Newman. I think the Packers really like him. I don't know that Royce is a great football player, but I know that whoever the Packers like, that's the most important thing. They really, I didn't like Billy Turner. They loved Billy Turner. Billy Turner played all the time. Doesn't matter my opinion of him. It's just when you identify they really like a guy, that's just what it is. And I think they like Royce. Same thing with Tyler Davis. But Jake Hansen has been getting a lot of opportunities at right guard. And if they really like Jake Hansen, who is not a rookie, he's been around a little while. And again, I do think he's more of a, a backup that can play guard and center, which is that versatile backup piece that they like. But, you know, there, there's, let's just say, an 8% chance that he ends up getting that right guard spot over Royce Newman. And then there's Zach Tom. Zach Tom has been doing a very, very good job. Royce, in fact, he's doing exactly what Royce did last year when Royce won the job he has. The question is, how does Zach Tom play along the offensive line? Primarily, he's been playing right tackle. He was playing left tackle before. Now they're sticking him almost exclusively. In fact, every snap in the preseason has been right tackle. He has played some guard second string, but it's usually left guard, and I doubt he's going to be taking John Runyon's job, although it's entirely possible they put him anywhere. So number one, he could beat out Royce Newman for the right guard spot. 
Again, seems really unlikely because if they were curious if he could do that, you'd think they'd give him some opportunities there to see if that's what they that's the direction they want to go. By the way, I I I I did say it made more sense to have Zach Tom as your left guard, Sean Ryan as your right guard, because Zach is more of a left side of the line kind of guy, although tackle, he could go either way. So left tackle, right tackle, left guard, I think is Zach Tom's primary strength, and I think they prefer him at tackle than guard. So maybe he could win the, win the right guard spot, but they have not given him any opportunities there, so I have no reason to believe that they're even thinking about that. If Zach Tom is getting any opportunity to win the job, I think it's the right tackle job. Not to win it instead of Elton Jenkins, but what would happen is if you're putting your best five out there, you'd put Zach Tom at right tackle, Elton Jenkins would kick inside to right guard. Now, I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think they really like Zach Tom, and we have a really good backup, along with, with Yash, who everybody seems to also really like. But I do believe it's going to be Bakhtiari, John Runyon, Josh Myers, Royce Newman, Elton Jenkins. But again, the real question is, if we assume David Bakhtiari doesn't play week one, maybe Elton doesn't either, but he probably does. I don't know. Let's just assume it's not a full-strength left tackle, right tackle situation. That gives them an opportunity to play Zach Tom. Now, they may not even do that. They may have Elton Jenkins out there at right tackle and just go with Yash at left tackle because, hey, that's what we've done before. Or have Elton at left tackle, Yash at right tackle, whatever. But I would think it would be wise to put Elton Jenkins at left tackle, put Zach Tom at right tackle, and see how it goes. And if Zach Tom is a very, very good right tackle, in other words, this guy is legit, why in the world would you get rid of him and essentially replace him for Royce Newman? Because essentially that's what you're doing. Because the only other option would be to kick Elton Jenkins inside and get rid of Royce Newman. So it's either Zach Tom or Royce Newman that goes bye-bye in this situation. And so what we all want is the best five out there. The question is, who are the best five? What's the best combination of five? We know Jenkins, we know Bakhtiari, we know Josh Myers, we know John Runyon. Who the fifth guy is and where they all play is a little bit up for grabs at this point in time. That's my thought on it. New caller number two, what's going on? Ryan, Dennis Dockery from the greater Detroit area. Dennis. Another Lions fan over here. Hey, I love this format. Uh, your wife, I think you said it was her idea. Yep. I agree with her. It's about food and nonsense for the most part. <laughs> Uh, it reminds me of the once upon a time, the corporate genius that was sitting around at Mars or Hershey or whatever and said, you know, all this crap we scrape off the machines and sweep off the floor. What if we threw that in vanilla ice cream and then made like 20 more flavors of ice cream and took all that money? Would that work? It reminds me of that. There you go. That's it. So here's my question. <clears throat> We've agreed that sous vide is the best way to cook chicken. Yes. Maybe not prepare, but to cook. Yes. Is there one temperature and time? that you use, because I've been kind of all over the map here lately, and uh, you know, you get different results. So uh, I got a thousand questions. I'll call back. Catch you later. Man, I wish I could remember. Give me, give me one second. I wonder if I could find it, because I saved one of the recipes. I don't remember where I saved it, though. Um, Maybe... And if I can find the recipe, I'll just tell you outright what it was, because it is the best chicken I've ever had. No, I can't find it. Um, here, here's what I know, though. Generally speaking, you want to cook chicken to 165 degrees. You can do that in the sous vide. You can do 165 degrees, and it would take, I don't know, 45 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour maybe. But what a lot of people, pro- you probably know this, sous vide people know this, but what a lot of people don't know is that whatever temperature they tell you you need to cook to so so that it's safe it's not just a temperature it's a time and temperature 
So when you cook to 165 degrees, what that means is the second it hits once, if, if you flash it at 165, everything's dead instantly. Whatever bacteria is on the chicken is just dead. However, you can cook chicken to 150 degrees so long as you do it for a certain period of time. And that's the benefit of sous vide because if you cook at 150 degrees for chicken for as long as you need to do that to kill the bacteria, it's going to dry out. It doesn't dry out sous vide. So I know it was a lower temperature. I, I want to say it was like 140. It, it, it was relatively low. And then afterward, you finish it on the grill. I, I wish I could remember the time and temperature. I will try to investigate that. I do have some chicken, so I should probably get on that, make some, uh, get the sous vide chicken going again, see if I can replicate that recipe. And if I can, I will absolutely tell everybody what I did. But man, you get some sous vide chicken, you finish it on the grill, and it's still super tender and juicy, not even the slightest bit dry. Oh man, people don't even know. Anyways, let's get to our third and final new caller. New caller, how are you today? Hey, Ryan. Uh, my name's Aaron. Hey. I live in Minnesota, and I'd figure I'd call with a couple of questions here. Thank you. Um, so my first question is, if you worked at Dunder Mifflin back yes. in the day when uh, Charles Minor was taken over, oh, no. would you have stayed with Dunder Mifflin? No. And lived and just lived with a horrible work environment, or would you have gone and worked at Michael Scott Paper Company? It's a good question. Job security is not great, but it's a phenomenal you question. Get all the cheese balls you can eat. Yeah. Um. And so, my second question. So, all right. Usually, when you watch the show, you see Pam run off to go go with Michael, and you're like, Pam, you are an idiot. Why are you doing that? But we are pretty sure that these guys don't make a massive amount of money. And Charles Minor is a massive jerk. Although, if you're not Jim, he doesn't seem that bad. I mean, you just say you like soccer and he's everybody's best friend. Although, he's, he, I mean, he, he hovers, he kind of, he's, you know, I don't know. It, it's, I guess it's pretty bad. At least with Michael. And everybody seemed to dislike Mike. Michael would be a great boss. He doesn't care about anything. So, I don't know. I, 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 it would be tempting. It's one of those things if you're ready to retire... Like you're you're set to retire anyways. Yeah, maybe I follow him. See how it goes. But you you also have to realize there's a, almost no chance of supporting a family uh, with him. So probably, unfortunately, stay. But it's a better question than people would probably give it credit for. Is what is the best Packers cameo in like a movie or a TV show? Would that be like? Brett Favre and there's something about Mary or the only one I can think of. Aaron Rodgers in the office. Or oh, yeah. would it be like when uh, Clay Matthews and David Bakhtiari and a few of the other guys were on Pitch Perfect and didn't see that. Didn't actually pretty good sing uh, sing off. Well, um, let me know your thoughts. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Um, let me save your name. I got to look up the Pitch Perfect thing. Because I, I remember when that was a thing at first and everybody freaked out about it. I don't know if I've actually seen the full, like, what actually happened. I don't remember singing being involved. I don't know. Um, because I can tell you that this, that the two cameos were horrible. The Brett Favre cameo was was great and amazing in terms of, like, I can't believe, like, Brett Favre was in a movie. And he was a massive celebrity back then. And now he's, like, in movies, which is a thing that never happened. And um, But the acting was atrocious. Um Maybe not quite as bad as Aaron Rodgers in The Office. That was, I mean, it was it was mostly the writing that was horrible 
Flag on the play. So bad. But uh, yikes. Wow, I made it through 11 seconds, and I'm staring at David Bakhtiari's butt right now, and this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life. I, I, wow. All three cameos are horrible. That was, that was the worst thing. You talk about The Office? That was Scott's Tots level cringe. That was like Michael Scott when he tries to save Jim after Jim blurted out that his wife was pregnant. Remember that when he starts talking about how things work? So bad. I'm surprised I've never seen that because I I think I just saw beforehand when everyone's like, oh, they're about to be in a movie and you kind of got little glimpses, but I never actually watched the clip. And now I know why. Nobody shared it. Nobody wanted that to be public. Nobody wanted to admit they watched it, I would bet. (sighs) I will never finish that clip, ever. And I am ashamed I made it to 11 seconds. Oh, uh, if I got to pick one, I'm going with Brett Favre, I guess. I, I don't know. They're, they're all really bad. All right, let's go back up to the top now and uh, pick up the two other callers from yesterday, starting with JJ. Hey, it's JJ. Can you rank the best cookies? Um, I don't know if <laughs> kind of questions allowed anymore on the show, but I'd, I'd be interested in hearing about it. Yes, yes, this is allowed. I, I, I cut out a lot of like complaining about other callers, but uh, cookie questions, hundred percent. Um, so I'm I'm not the biggest cookie fan as far as like desserts go. You know, um, it's got to be like ooey gooey, basically like almost cookie dough. In fact, cookie dough is the best version of a cookie, which is how you know cookies are. <laughs> it's kind of how you know cookies aren't great. Like cookie dough is great, almost any kind of cookie dough. And I don't think there's a single cookie that when you turn it from a cookie dough from cookie dough into a cookie, it becomes better. It always becomes worse. That's not to say cookies are bad. It's just it's just a thought experiment. Is there a single time when when a cookie is better than before you cook it? Which is kind of weird. It would be like if you make it made a toasted PB and J sandwich, and they're like, "Oh, you like uh, you like it toasted?" It's like, no, it's it's worse toasted. I just like putting in the extra work to make it worse. But. Um, let me, I like to Google these questions just to make sure I'm not missing some some obvious ones here. But uh, chocolate chip is is very good. I, I, it has to be fresh out of the oven, ooey gooey. Although you can still redeem a crunchy chocolate chip by dunking it, which makes it delicious all over again. Peanut butter blossom, very good. Basically just a normal cookie with a little Hershey kiss in it. Crinkle cookies are good. Sugar cookies are good. Snickerdoodles better. Uh, chocolate, what else we got? Blah, blah, blah. They got some stuff that's kind of cheating, like sandwich cookies, but like I don't know if you can put stuff on it and be like, it's look, it's a it's a better version of a cookie. It's like, no, you're kind of dressing it up a little bit. It's like this is an ice cream cookie. Okay, well, you're kind of cheating. Linzer cookie? Didn't know that was the name of it, but that looks those are really good. They got like the the red fruit in the middle. Oh, thumbprint cookies. I forgot about those. Those are good. Where have I where did I used to have those? Vegan chocolate chip. Get out of my life. I don't know. There's a lot less kinds of cookies than I, was, I guess I was expecting. Um, I don't know, man. I, I guess uh, I guess I'm gonna be boring and either say chocolate chip or snickerdoodle. I think like a really good chocolate chip cookie is is um, can be pretty top notch. It's trying not to be boring, but that's that's probably probably the real answer for me. Anyways, last call from yesterday. What's up, y'all? This is Dakota. So uh, I haven't called. Back in a while, or I haven't called you on a while because my my work kind of exploded and 
Mm. I've been very busy, and I even missed a bunch of packing it after dark, and I fell oh. out the loop, and, it, and it's a very sad thing. But come on, I was the guy that called uh, really one of the very first ones, if not the first podcast, about uh, Day Shift. That's the movie on Netflix. I thought it was a series. Day was Shift. Right. That's the movie on Netflix with Jamie Foxx, Dave Franco, and whole Snoop Dogg. Uh, Got it. Vampires. Right. And I watched it. I don't know if you have. I bet most of y'all forgot about it. It's I a do. fun little flick. Um, yep, Snoop Dogg hunting vampires is exactly what I, I thought it would be. I got to do it. But uh, I do recommend it. Not going to be the next blockbuster. Uh, really, it's all I got to say. Pick whatever right. thing you want. Fair enough. To talk about. But uh, I got to find out where yeah, that's. Yeah, I, I give it a. Netflix? A good. Go ahead and watch it. It's not a complete waste of your time. It's pretty cool. <sighs> all right, y'all. Thank you. Thank you. That's that nerd. Um, I don't know. The reviews are pretty awful, which is what I would expect. Um, Day Shift looks like it's on Netflix. I think we just canceled our subscription, but we get it for the rest of the month. So I better hurry up and get in there and get on uh, get on Netflix and watch Day Shift. A hardworking blue-collar dad who just wants to provide a good life for his quick-witted 10-year-old daughter. His mundane San Fernando Valley pool cleaning job is a front for a real source of income hunting and killing vampires. Let me listen to a little bit of this. What do we got going on? Like every day. It's very loud. What are you doing in my room? Whoa. Hunting vampires. Shot grandma. I do remember this. That's pretty crazy. It's all, just, it's all just noise for you, so I'll cut that off. It's you can't see any of this. It's just very obnoxious. But that's uh, that actually looks kind of kind of cool. I'm sorry I doubted you. I mean, I still think it's going to be stupid, but that was that was pretty intense, man. I, I think it's just because it's Snoop Dogg and Jamie Fox. Like, put anybody else in there. That looks odd. That mm, all right, all right. I'm doing it. I will do it. Fine. Sorry, I didn't. Take your word for it and jump all over that. That's my bad. All right, let's get started on uh, today's calls. Obviously, Tom Austin is first. He's calling at 1.48 in the morning because that's what Tom does. Hi, Ryan. This is Thomas Austin calling with a couple. I'm hoping that's just his tired voice because I'm getting creeped out. Before bed question. Okay. Um, so, boxers or briefs? Boxers. Coke or Pepsi? Same thing. Dogs or cats? Dogs. It is. All right. I'll let you go after I'm done (laughs) talking about these degenerates that live in Michigan, Minnesota, Illinois. Try and get me off of here. Yeah. You going to fight back? I was calling 20 times in order so that way the next episode, I got nothing but time on my hands to call in. So I'm I'm coming with a couple more questions here. All right, you ready for it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You are in control of the football team. Yes. You have to draft five players that are not Packers to be the cornerstones of your team. Okay. All right. Call in later. 
So right. non-Packers, five cornerstone pieces to kick off my uh, my brand new team out of nowhere. Quarterback, I Pat Mahomes feels safe because even if he is slightly declining or whatever, I still know he's very good. Justin Herbert might be a slightly better option because I think Justin Herbert was a better quarterback last year. He's younger, trending in a better direction. I think he's on a team that is just kind of garbage, um, which is not obviously his fault. But I mean, he went from a 80 overall grade to a 90 overall grade in year two. But the guy that I'm really, really cons- interested in here is uh, Mr. Joe Burrow. Now, Joe Burrow had almost an identical jump as... Um, uh, bu- 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 who did I just say? The other guy. I don't remember his name. He also doesn't have the injury issue that Joe Burrow just had. I don't know if that's going to be a long-term concern or not. But man, some of the stats that I pulled up on Joe Burrow, not even trying to. I was looking up, like trying to prove that Aaron Rodgers is an, is awesome. And every single thing I looked at, Joe Burrow was like number one. Guy's 25 years old. He's got that swag, you know. I might be going Joe Burrow. I need a pass rusher. Well, I'm going to take Aaron Donald, even though he says he's going to retire next year. Well, maybe I won't. I'm trying to think how the best to answer this question. Are we, are we trying to... I think we're starting a new franchise, so I, I guess I won't pick him. But man, it would be hard not to take him. But a um, couple different options. Miles Garrett, obviously. Um, TJ Watt. I think I would probably choose Nick Bosa. He's, I think, the youngest of the group. Actually, I was kind of surprised. I figured Joey Bosa would be maybe the oldest. Um, he's not. TJ Watt's actually older than he is, which TJ Watt is a phenomenal option. But I think I'm going to go with 24-year-old Nick Bosa off the edge. I'm tempted to take Rashawn Slater. It was He's only played one year, but the dude is 23 years old. He's one of the best left tackles in football last year. Tristan Wirfs is also awesome. But he played right tackle pretty exclusively, and I think, didn't he get hurt or something? Something something happened, I don't know. There's also Andrew Thomas, who's 23 years old, who took a pretty big step. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to roll the dice on Rashawn Slater to be our left tackle. So we got our quarterback, our left tackle, our pass rusher. I need Justin Jefferson. Jamar's good and all, but he's not Justin Jefferson. And uh, Jefferson is just 23. I mean, J- Jamar's 22, but still, he's 23-year-old wide receiver, so... Justin Jefferson, I mean, we could pair quarterback wide receiver, but I don't care still. And we need what, two more? Oh, I need a, I need a corner for sure. I think at corner, I'm going to go with Jamel Dean, Tampa Bay cornerback. He's not, he, he's like a top 10 guy, not like top three, but he's 25 years old and he's been very consistent three years in a row. He's at 78, 78, 75 coverage grades. So since a rookie for three straight years, very consistently solid coverage guy. So I'm missing one, right? Quarterback, wide receiver, pass rusher, corner. I mean, you could look at a guy like Micah Parsons just because of how good he was. I am pretty tempted to take Javon Holland because that dude was a freak. Could also take Debo. He's only 26. Not that old. I'll just take Jamar Chase. We'll double up on wide receiver. Jamar Chase, 22 years old. Quarterback, two wide receivers, left tackle, pass rusher, corner. Let's uh, let's get to Goose, because Goose might not be around for too much longer. He's apparently got a bill for all these international calls he's been making, and it was hefty. So unless we start a Goose fund so that he can call in, he may not be calling in for a while. Goose, you there? 
Well, he didn't pay the phone bill, I guess. I was wondering why the transcription wasn't there. It's already called three times. Let's try again. Hey, Ryan. Goose here. Hey, Goose. Just calling in with a thought on the roster with Savage injured. Scott is, I know the Packers like him as the next guy up, Mm -hmm. but I don't have that much confidence in him. And now he has an injury. Right. Who are some safeties that are still on the market that the Packers could sign? And are there any prospects that we could trade for? Because I feel like that is probably our weakest as far as depth position. Yeah. Love to hear your thoughts. It's a good question, too, because, you know, I'm not saying I want to give up on Savage, but it is a it is a question mark on the defense, which doesn't really have a lot of question marks. And if we did shore that up, let's just say we could snap our fingers and get a guy that we knew was going to be at least solid. There's no weakness anywhere on this defense. And then, you know, Savage comes back and you still got Savage, and there you go. Um, believe it or not, Landon Collins is available. Never really been a huge Landon Collins fan, as, as I've said several times, but um, he's probably still not signed because partially uh, the play wasn't great, but also because he probably wants a bunch of money and, and can't find it. But he's only 28 years old. Uh, Andrew Sandejo's floating around out there. He's been pretty solid. He also has familiarity with our DB coach, for being a former um, Minnesota Viking. But he is 34 years old. I don't know what he has left in the tank. Otherwise, I'm not seeing a bunch of names that um, inspire a massive amount of confidence. There's a 32-year-old Chris Banjo, if you're interested in that. But here's something that's... And again... I don't I don't know. I'm not saying I'm just saying. But Jesse Bates is still holding out. I talked about this kind of a long time ago. Now, Jesse Bates is actually pretty similar to Darnell Savage. Um, he, four-year player in Cincinnati, he's probably asking for a billion dollars is why Cincinnati's kind of giving him a hard time. But he's been pretty inconsistent. His first year as a rookie, 80 overall grade, which is phenomenal. And he, he's a full-time starter since day one. Year two, though, 61 overall grade. Everything got worse. His run defense went from 75 to 52, tackling 75 to 42, coverage 80 to 64. Next year, 90 overall grade, 82 run defense, 90 coverage. The next year, 67 overall, 59 run defense, 70 coverage. So kind of weird, but if you just look at coverage, 80, 65, 90, and 70, you kind of probably don't mind so much. I think the biggest issue, though, is if you were to go get a guy like Jesse Bates, it's not a short-term investment. You get a guy like Jesse Bates, and you're basically saying goodbye to Darnell Savage. We're just going to pay this guy. And I don't know that they want to go that route. But if you're looking for a trade partner, here is a really talented safety that's just sitting there waiting for someone to offer him money. But those are the only that's the only trade candidate that I'm aware of. But Goose has got one more for us here. Hey, Ryan. It's Goose. Hi. Just calling in to respond to a couple of questions that were uh, yes. my way. Uh, not depressed. Okay, good. Got plenty of maple syrup. Great. As far as Canadian bacon, it's called Canadian bacon. Okay. Although I'm in the Maritimes, which is kind of like a separate place in Canada. It's got a little bit of a different feel than, say, Quebec... 
Ontario, Alberta, BC. Yep. You can think of like take your big states like Ontario is probably like the New York of Canada, okay. Alberta's Texas, BC's California. Okay. Well, the Maritimes is like Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Maine, right? Type of feel. So we're a little bit different. Also, I'm not actually Canadian. I'm from New York, upstate New York, but I'm from New York. So I don't know all the answers to the Canadian questions, but feel free to shoot them. And I'm talking to you. This is. <laughs> so I, I didn't know that. I did not know that Goose was from New York and not actually Canadian. So the next question, I guess, would be, when did you move there? Because you said you can't really answer the questions. So if it's been like in the last five years, then you're you're useless to us, Goose. I'm sorry. Um, this feels like a good enough spot to take a break, so why don't we do that? Feel free to call in, 608-501-0718. First-time callers, you go right to the front of the line. What a treat. Don't want to miss that deal while it lasts. Going on a business sale of the century. Anyways, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, y'all. This is Dakota. Hey. Uh, 
So I'm calling. I'm from Tennessee, Mr. Redbeard on Twitter, whatever y'all want to know. But I'm calling because I keep hearing voicemails uh, about how meat is the main dish. Yep. You know, if you don't have meat on the plate, then it's not food or I don't know what. I didn't say that. Y'all say, I'll say some stuff like that. So let, let me give you a little bit of backstory about myself, and then I'll hit you with the zinger. So I grew up in the middle, I don't know if you can tell from my accent, but the middle of New the York. woods of the South. Oh, right? okay. Tennessee, middle of nowhere, unincorporated area, 98 acres of my grandparents' land. Had animals everywhere, you know, chickens. Yep. uh Had a couple cattle and all this good stuff, right? Sounds great. So I grew up. We take care of our animals. Yeah. When it was time for them to be on the dinner table, it was time for them to be on the dinner table. In fact, I remember specifically one time there we had a rooster. Yeah. Right? You're only supposed to have about one rooster with your whole hen house. We had a rooster that spurred a two-year-old child. This was a mean guy. We knew he was mean, yeah. but I was watching him. My mom was out there. She was watching him. This rooster saw the two-year-old baby. Yeah across the yard, mm -hmm. sprinted across the yard and spurred this baby. Dang. Well, he ended Anybody know what spurred means? Like with his feet? Like with, with spurs like cowboys wear kind of thing? Or I don't know what we're talking about exactly. Up on the kitchen table in time for dinner. Yeah, got to kill the, him. The chicken. 100%. Not, not, yes, right. the rooster did. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not... I'm not the type of person that says, if don't eat meat, don't kill animals. Okay. But I will tell you this. I went vegan for two years. Oof. A little bit more backstory. Before I went vegan, I didn't really care for pork. I just didn't like it. Burgers were my thing. So good. Oof. I would eat all kinds of burgers. So I would good. make the most fancy burgers that existed. Greek burgers, tropical, but whatever kind of burgers you could think of. I just make stuff up, slap it on a patty, and we're good. Mm -hmm. Well... I go vegan for two years. How I go vegan, I essentially had a cook. I was in a relationship. She wanted to go vegan. I'm the type of person that if you cook and I don't have to do it, I'm going to eat it. Very different than this type of person, where if you say you're a vegan and you want to cook for me, um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be nice if we just started dating and be like, all right, make some biscuits and uh, like pasta or something. Like, I, I don't, that's fine, but... Um, I will be eating meat within 12 hours, just letting you know. So either you're cooking it or I'm cooking it or we're ordering it in or something. I don't know, but that's just a thing. I'm good with anything. I will try everything at least once. I like a wide variety of foods. So she ends up cooking real vegan food. There's no plates of broccoli and, and carrots. This ain't happening, right? We, we ain't just eating you know, pizza dough with red sauce on it for Pete. That's that's not how this works. Right? We, we don't want decent. to do that. Uh, that's not healthy. That's not good for you. That's not saving anybody. It's not, that's not good for anybody. Mm -hmm. So she's cooking Thai food. She's cooking Indian food, South American food, food from all over the world. We are putting our pan. We are cooking. So you got cut off there. The story's taking a while. But just so, so we're clear, when you – describe those foods i'm picturing meat on plates i know that's not but i'm, I'm just saying uh, it's when i feel like oh, thai food yeah give me some of that thai chicken something or another anyways let's see uh where this story's going i had no idea i was talking that long you anyway were. i'll make it i'll make it a little quicker all right it was delicious okay so i go those two years 
eat no meat at all. Yeah. Eat all vegan from all over the world type of stuff. Yep. Great. All right. So at the end of the two years, I'm like, all right, it's about time. Yep. So I started eating meat again. Coming out of my vegan era, yep. I now love pork. Pork is apparently one of the best meats that exist. Very true. I never liked steak. Like, I know. I, I should have probably prepared you for that. I never liked steak. Like, before I went vegan, I, it was never – it was always, like, burger, ground meat, venison, stuff like that. Um, but uh, so coming out, I, I still didn't care for steak. In fact, I can't eat steak because if I eat steak, it, it messes with me. My stomach cramps up. It's no good. Hmm. So I don't eat steak. I don't eat as many burgers because it is red meat, and it kind of hurts when I eat it. Uh, there's this thing called uh, Beyond Burger. I love substituting that. I do still like burgers. I will suffer through the pain sometimes for the burger. Chicken, always been amazing. Fish, never once in my life did I never like seafood. And, and, and I don't know how many of y'all think fish ain't meat. Fish is meat. Uh, I've actually had this argument. Fish is meat. I don't understand that argument. I, I really same, same with people like um, meat, poultry, or fish. It's literally all meat. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, what, Why is beef considered meat and chicken is not considered meat? It's all meat. It's, it's, what, what, what a weird thing. Like, oh, it's, it's, it's not fish or it's not meat. It's fish. It's literally fish meat. It's the meat of the fish. You. It's meat. It's an animal. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, veganism is, is pretty nice if you have a personal chef. No, it isn't. Um, I'm not in that relationship anymore. It has nothing either. to do with not eating meat for a while, but. It, it was a good experience, and I enjoyed it. Now, meat is a side dish for me. If I eat something as 80% vegetables, 20% meat, I never go below 70 vegetables, 30 meat. I can't. Meat just weighs me down after doing all that. I don't want to push it on anybody. I will say, though, if you ever try vegan food, make sure it's not American vegan because American food was not made to be vegan. All right, that's it, y'all. I let you go. Um, fair enough. It, it, it it's uh it's still not the strongest argument in the world because it sounds like the biggest issue. Although I'm sure you love it, you love the taste of it and all that stuff. Um, your body can't handle it for whatever reason. You eat meat and it just you said it weighs your body down or whatever. Never experienced that. I don't get. I wish I had food allergies. I eat whatever I want whenever I want, and I don't have any issues. In whatever quantities I want. My, my kids now are even having issues. Like, all, all my kids get stomach aches when they have milk or if they eat too much sweets. I'm like, are you kidding me? I could eat 60 pounds of candy when I was a kid, and I never had a stomach ache, ever. I never even understood that. Like, oh, I, you know, adults would say that, which, you know, now it's like there is such a thing as too sweet for me, but I've never gotten a stomach ache from it. But, like, I, I just remember hearing that. Like, I, I get sick if I eat too many sweets or... You know, don't eat too many sweets, you're going to get a stomachache. Like, you're, you're clearly lying, because I've never had a stomachache from food. I mean, I've had intense pain from being so full, but I, I yeah, I don't, I, that's not a thing. The only stomachache I've ever had from eating or drinking anything, well, once was when I had food poisoning, and the other was when we grew up in a house that had well water, and I was told not to drink the well water, because it's obviously completely filled with bacteria. But I did it anyways because I like the taste of those rotten egg that that milk that's just or the the rotten egg water that just you know tastes weird. I liked it, so I drank it. 
And occasionally I'd have to throw up for a few days, which has come to think of it probably why my stomach can handle a lot of stuff. But, you know, whatever. I do hear like Indian food is is quite good, although I've I've only ever had it like once and it was kind of, it was weird because it was not as flavorful as I thought it would be. It was some kind of curry thing. And maybe it was just because it was somebody that didn't make, I think it was actually Asian curry thing. I, I, I don't, I don't remember, but maybe it's because it wasn't actually Indian, but it had more of an aroma than anything. Like you smell it and like, oh dang, that smells strong. And then you eat it and it's like, I can't taste that. It's just very light taste, but it was, I was eating meat. So <laughs> it was like a curried meat of some kind. So I don't know, man. Again, I, I, I think most people that don't have some kind of a meat allergy, which by the way is a real thing. Did you know there's a freaking tick out there that can bite you and inject a poison into you that makes you allergic to meat? That is hell on earth. Maybe, maybe you got bit by one of those things. You're out in the middle of, uh, out in the woods down there down south. I think that's where they reside down south too. Maybe you got bit by one of those ticks and that's why uh, meat messes with you. That could legitimately be the issue. It in- injects like some kind of a protein into your body or something. I, I don't know, but uh, it's, it is, that is, the, that is like my, my, my nightmare, getting bit by that tick and then I can't eat meat anymore. But I, I would assume most people, if you put vegetables and meat on the plate, the, the star of the show is going to be the meat. But thank you for, for all that. Let's see what Scuba Steve's up to. Hello? Hey. Hey, Ryan. Hey, what's up? It's Scuba Steve here. What's going on, man? Uh, how you doing? Good. Yeah, I'm doing good. Good. Well, um, I'm going to try and make it quick, but I do have a couple things Yeah. Uh, for today. Well, um, my daughter called last week and mm-hmm. answered the question, which was great. But I, I'm, I'm going to need you to tone it down or something. Sure. Because all my other kids keep asking to call you and ask you questions. And yep. I said, um, no, I'm right here. You can ask me questions. And they all said, uh, I don't want to talk to you, Dad. I only talk to Ryan. <laughs> and they haven't said nothing to me in three full days. Oh, so, no. um, yeah, I need you to tone it down or something. I apologize. So they want to talk to me again. And um, the other thing is my buddy, he's like, hey, Let's play fantasy football this year. And I never played fantasy football, but everybody says how much they love fantasy football. So I was all excited because he said there's going to be a draft. And, you know, it was fantasy football. And I love Harry Potter, so I was going to draft Lord Voldemort in the first round because he's got that killer instinct. But uh, my buddy said it had to be real football players you drafted fantasy football, which that don't make no sense to me. But um, my question is this. Should I draft a punter in the first round? Because there's that one kid, he kicked that ball like 80 yards. So I just want to know if that would be a good idea or not to drive that, to draft that punter. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Bye. First of all, sorry for the printer noises, if you can hear that in the background. Um, my wife decided to print things from upstairs, apparently, because it's all wired up. and So that's going to happen for the next 10 minutes, probably. All right, I think it stopped. Um, sorry about the kids. Didn't mean to cause you strife and turmoil in your family. Um, it's a good point about fantasy football. Um, it would be a little surprising to find out that uh, it's actually, it's not a fantasy thing. It's 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 real, real football, real football players, real football plays and stats and all that stuff. Um, should you draft the punter? I don't even think that's an option, man. You could try. I don't think it's an option. Maybe they'll let you do it. If you want to draft him as your kicker, I don't know if they list punters on there just because why not. Um, but usually they don't give you points for punting. 
but you're right. He he can kick pretty far. Um, you can draft kickers. Usually you wait till very late for that because again, not a ton of points and um, also not a big difference between you know the best and the worst kickers. So usually wait on that. Maybe what you could do because you said you like Harry Potter is try to find names of people that are in Harry Potter that are also in the NFL. For example, there is a Zach Potter at tight end or a John Potter that's a kicker. Um, I don't know much else about Harry Potter. I doubt there's a Voldemort. There is a tight end by the name of Andrew Volert or quarterback Billy Volek, but I don't think they're going to get you a lot of points. Just just something to think about. To answer, uh, uh, well, to respond back to caller number five, mm-hmm. uh, that was a trial run of me being the co-host of the show. Um, and my uh, weekly, uh, my seven-day trials ran up, so that's the reason why. I'm my own show, though. Yeah. Not in production or moving at all. It's just there in the universe. Uh, Ryan, questions involving... Uh, movies. Yeah. Um, say you and JJ have to take on a whole entire school of children, a la Step Brothers. Um, how many? How many do you think you could take with JJ? School kids coming at you, yep. you know, trying to take you down. I think you guys would be about solid fifteen. The numbers would add up too quickly for you. All right. uh, question number two. Let's see. There was seven- so here. Here's the thing. It's there's only so many that can get to you at a time. You know what I mean? Like if there's 500, 491 of them can't touch me because the other ones are there. In fact, you know, the the last 50 or so are about a quarter mile away. Plus, you didn't specify how old these kids. I mean, if they're in kindergarten and I can only take 15 or or I guess seven and a half by myself, uh, we suck. But um, I'll, I'll, I'll go with 15 because that's what you seem to think. So we'll, we'll just we'll roll with that. Seven people in the movie Predator, so you get to be Arnold. Who is the remaining people uh, of your squad? So three Packer players, <laughs> one... Uh, this is your favorite kind of question. A member of the Packernet podcast, and then one caller. I... I um... So in the movie Predator, we're fighting Predator, right? So it's I'm Arnold, three Packer players. Um, let me just give me Rashawn, Preston, Kenny, I guess. I don't know. One member of the Packernet podcast. Well, Clayton had a bunch of guns. We know that. So I'm going with Clayton. We need his arsenal. In one caller, again, we need guns. I know Goose doesn't have them out in Canada. I don't know. I guess I'll just take to, take you, Tom. You've exploded uh, Vikings fans before. Maybe you can do it again. Does that add up? No, it doesn't. Uh, two callers this time. Yeah, nope. there we go. We'll do one. That's fine. Sounds good. Uh, <laughs> and then finally, uh, question number three. Yeah, Star Wars? You hate Star Wars? Yeah, it's stupid. Really? Yeah. I can see it. Yep. Oh, what's your favorite series? Like a film, just in general. Series right, in films? Film series? Well, what are the options? Um, let's Google it. Fast and Furious is stupid. James Bond is stupid. Harry Potter's stupid. Hunger Games, never seen it. Pirates of the Caribbean, eh. Uh, the Bourne thing, I think I saw the first one and I liked it. I haven't seen the rest. Star Wars is stupid. 
X-Men I didn't really get into. Iron Man is decent. I did like the Oceans movies, I guess. The first one I know was good. I think I think it started to tail off. Spider-Man, eh. Mission Impossible, we've established is stupid, even though I haven't seen it. Die Hard is good. I do like Die Hard. That's the winner so far. Twilight I have not seen, don't care. Nightmare on Elm Street, solid. Doesn't uh, doesn't win, though. Harry Potter, stupid, I think I mentioned that. Paranormal Activity I actually liked. That was one, I, I as I mentioned, I watched horror movies really early on. And so it got to the point where horror movies just weren't scary and they were kind of just stupid and I didn't like them anymore. And then I saw Paranormal Activity, I don't know, like 2009 maybe? When did this come out? Something, sometime around then. And I remember I was going over to some friends' houses and they were like, you're going to watch Paranormal whatever. And it, it, it creeped me out. It's just because just it was like a different genre of horror and it kind of had a creepy element to it because it was like real, kind of like Blair Witch, but like modernized. I don't know, it was pretty good. Doesn't win, but pretty good. Um, again, Avengers, the whole Marvel thing is decent, but it's not there. Matrix, aside from the first one, I'm pretty sure is stupid. Toy Story is not good. Indiana Jones is not great. Lord of the Rings isn't bad, but it's, it's, eh. I just finished the three. It was fine. Back to the Future, yeah, it's not bad. Alien, eh. Godfather is very good. That might be the only other one in contention here. Halloween is decent. Hunger Games I have not seen. So it's between Godfather and and Die Hard. I gotta go I gotta go Godfather. I think that's the best one. Followed by Die Hard, followed by Who Cares. Um we'll get to Joe here. Joe again is gonna sandwich his question with uh, an update on his employment situation and whatnot. Hey Ryan. Joe the janitor. Hey Joe. So um still on the job hunt. Good. Um still sleeping in the garage. That's uh three nights in a row. Okay. Uh haven't made any leeway in getting back into the house, but uh garage is all right. I got most of what I need. I got a fridge and a freezer. That a boy. Fridge full of beer, freezer full of venison. I got my propane grill and my cell phone. So I guess I'm doing all right. Um, still holding on to this last paycheck. We'll see what happens with that. Um, for now, I got a question. Okay. So with the upcoming preseason game against the Chiefs, I wanted to know what you thought about um, LaFleur cementing his legacy as one of the top five coaches in the NFL. Um I believe if he were to have beat the Chiefs last year with Jordan Love starting, he would be a top five coach. Um, I mean, I'm a Packers guy, so I, I think he's a top five coach regardless. Um, but that might be being a homer. Anyway, Joe checking in. Um, got a couple uh, feelers out there for a job. Hopefully something comes through soon. For now, thanks for listening. Have a good day. Biggest fan, this is Stan. Show home. How does Matt LaFleur cement his legacy? I think we're kind of to the point now where you know how people tell you first impressions are, are real important and stuff? We're kind of to the point now where Matt LaFleur has an identity. It's a wrong identity, but he's been given an identity. And it's that he's not actually that good of a head coach, he's kind of mediocre. Aaron Rodgers carries him. He can't win big games, which is absolutely false, but it's what uh, what's-his-face said and people seem to believe. 
And so what he actually has to do is to beat that back to where it becomes untenable to hold that position, to where it becomes so absurd to say and think that, that it just becomes unpopular. And, and, and it becomes the cool thing to be on the Matt LaFleur hype chain. And, oh, everybody wants to, because it's all everything's about being trendy, especially when you talk about like NFL Network and everything else. Those guys just care about being trendy. Unless you go the opposite direction, they're trying to be clickbaity and say things that are controversial. But otherwise, it's all about being trendy. That's why Pat Mahomes is so popular. It's not because he was this elite quarterback last year. He was, you know, I mean, compared to some of the other guys, he was subpar. But it's Pat Mahomes, and it's cool to be like, oh, Pat Mahomes is amazing. He's the best quarterback in football. Because that's his identity, best quarterback in football. And so we want to be trendy, and we want to make it seem like we know what we're talking about, so we just run with the narrative, which is hilarious. If you want to sound like you know what you're talking about, just copy what everyone else says and and prove that you don't know what you're talking about. But that is his his narrative, and, and it needs to become trendy to be on the Matt LaFleur train. And as soon as that happens, there's a switch, and you're just going to have some, some hardliners that are refusing to budge. And they're going to be the most vocal, and they're going to be the most angry, and they're going to be the most miserable, and they're going to be coming out with all their stats and everything else about, oh, you technically... But, he, but, but he's got to make that switch. Um, we've learned that 13 wins with Aaron Rodgers is not going to sway anybody. If he does it one more year, it's going to be a little bit more impressive, and maybe a couple people will come over, but that's not going to be the big thing. Postseason wins in a Super Bowl is going to be a massive thing. The other thing is winning with Jordan Love, like you said. Now, I don't think if they won against the Chiefs, which they were one pass away from doing that, that would have really changed very much. They would have, you know, said it was the defense doing it that stopped the Chiefs and all these other... It would have been everything else. And even if Jordan Love lit it up, they would have just said it was Jordan Love. They they wouldn't have really given that to Matt LaFleur. He has to win and, and be good as a quarterback. Or better yet, the Packers just have to win with Jordan Love. Now, it's entirely possible that if they do, it becomes this whole, I can't believe they got a new quarterback. This is amazing. Matt LaFleur is the luckiest coach in the world. He gets Matt Lef- he gets uh, Aaron Rodgers, and then he follows it up with Jordan Love. I can't believe it. But I don't know. You can only do what you can do. And if he keeps winning, eventually it'll it'll change. Anyways, we got a uh, first-time caller. So he kind of jumps to the front of the line, although the show's almost over. But <laughs> caller, what's up? Hey, Ryan, this is uh, Arles Santos. Ryan Santos. What's up? Original. Quick question. Uh, Devontae Wyatt. Haven't heard a single thing about our first round pick. Yep. And I literally came across his name today and just thought to myself, why? Well, thoughts, man. If you heard the thoughts. So little, I mean, I, I don't even want to say disappointing because we've, we've barely seen him. You know, it's, it's kind of like Quay Walker. We haven't heard much about Quay. I mean, a little bit in training camp, but uh, we've heard a little bit about Devontae Wyatt, too, in training camp. As far as preseason, we haven't heard a ton about Quay. Well, he hasn't really had a lot of opportunities either. Devontae Wyatt didn't play in the first preseason game because he had a concussion. Second preseason game, he just wasn't good. And that kind of sucks. And, and the only reason I say it sucks because everyone's going to jump down my throat. It's just been one game. It's one preseason game. Lighten up. The reason is because I was hoping the fact that he's an older player, the fact that he comes from a major program, the fact that he can lean on unbelievable athletic attributes, even while being unrefined, will help get him over the hump to, to really showcasing some talent. And again, he has in training camp to some degree, and it's not to say he won't next week, but so far, it hasn't been great. Um, I think the good news is, obviously, he's going to be on the roster. Obviously, he's in a highly rotated uh, rotatable position. 
So he's going to be getting a significant amount of snaps. If they keep six defensive tackles, he's going to be on the field a ton. Even if he was number six, which I don't think he is, but even if he is, he's still going to get a ton of snaps, which means over time he'll continue to get better and better. Maybe he's a year two, year three guy. Hopefully not, because again, you got a guy that's already kind of older. And I think the expectation is that it maybe comes along a little quicker. But um, yeah, I, I, it, I haven't heard a ton and it hasn't really been great aside from, again, um, training camp, there was some pretty decent notes, but every defensive tackle and every edge rusher was having positive notes in training camp because everyone's just beating up on our offensive line. I haven't heard much outside of that in terms of Devontae Wyatt beating up on any other teams. But again, very small sample size. There have not been a lot of opportunities. But um, again, fingers crossed that uh, we start to hear stuff sooner than later. Um, we have two more. I kind of want to kind of want to end it here, though. I think we've gone long enough. I'm getting tired. My head hurts. I think I'm gonna call it. Thank you to all the callers. Thank you to all the new callers, especially. We had what three or four new ones. That's awesome. Please keep it coming. Really appreciate it. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.